Hey, Reading Lens listeners, Jason Banzoff here, producer for the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. Over the next few months, we're going to be releasing some of Nick's favorite episodes that he has done. And while this is going on, Nick is getting some much-deserved rest and preparing for a new season coming up. What's exciting is that this new season comes with a brand new approach to his show. Stay tuned for what's ahead. Enjoy this Reading Lens classic. Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Reading Lens with Nick Lindsay. Welcome to the second episode of Reading Lens, a new group talk podcast where we will share you insights from books we are reading and what our takeaways and how we plan to incorporate them into our lives, leadership, and our small groups. I'm your host, Nick Lenzi. Today, we're going to be talking about the book, Know What You're For by Jeff Henderson. And to help me with this conversation is a good friend of ours, Matt Page from Southside Church in Peachtree City outside of Atlanta. Matt Page is the adult groups director. Um, and he also hails from Louisiana. And one of the best ways I love to describe him for people that don't know him is that he is like a delicious bowl of gumbo. He just, every bite is unique and delicious and everything just goes together. So welcome, Matt. Well, thanks. I uh, I, I think that's going to be my new nickname. I'm just going with gumbo from gumbo. here on out. That's it. Um, gumbo yeah. page definitely works, you know. <laughs> I love like, it. I who, love it. Who wouldn't uh, love to be a teammate with gumbo page? I mean, so. let's go. Yeah. Uh, Matt and I first met at the small group network lobby out in sunny San Juan Capistrano. Uh, I'd love to be there right now. Uh, even, even though it's sunny here, it's it's just always perfect temperature there. But uh, we bonded over our loves of group, but then we really solidified our friendship when we both found out how much we love donuts uh, and that we are donut seekers. Matt, have you have you had uh, a good donut lately that you've really enjoyed? I mean, for sure, always, right? I love a good donut. And I'm fairly certain that there's something theological that we can draw from that. Like, you know, it's made in a circle and it reminds us of how God's love is never ending like a circle. I mean, come on, you can't pass up these dad's no. theology jokes or, um, you know, or as groups, guys, circles are better than rows. And so it just yeah. reminds us, you know. What a great excuse to bring donuts into your marketing. Oh, I have never thought so. No long johns. No, no, long, no. nobody wants that. Yeah, no, no. Get that, get that out of here. Um, yeah. But man, when I think about like, what's the best donut? Um, you know, I had a chocolate glaze with fruity pebbles the other day. I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, straight sugar rush. But um, nothing will ever be. You know, when we were when we were in California, that was my goal every morning: trying new donut shop. Yeah. And, nothing, and there's one like across the highway there yes. that's just so sneaky good. But, but like, but I love coming it. back with it, and I I will buy like. 120 donut holes because usually that's there's about 100 people at that and then just passing the box around the room it's just it's fantastic i love ruining people's diets too that's always a great thing to do like here comes temptation that's right that's right and no no better time than a conference you know that calories don't count in conferences that's what i've learned um but you know nothing will ever beat the pineapple fritter from of all places danny trejo's in la okay who would have thought that man makes good donuts but yeah you know that's amazing uh so you know I'm a, I'm a sucker for a great maple glazed donut. I was visiting family in Charlottesville last week and I was able to get, get my fix. But, uh, believe it or not in Hoboken, we have no real donut places and it's so sad. Mm. Um, so please be praying for me specifically that, that we, we can get that intercessory soon. prayer for donuts. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this is not donut talk, but, uh, group talk. So let's dive into today's book, uh, knowing 
What You're For by Jeff Henderson. Matt, why don't you share with us a little bit about who our author Jeff Henderson is? Yeah, I love Jeff. So Jeff is the lead pastor at Gwinnett Church, which is one of the campuses of North Point Ministries. Uh, but before that, he was he was over marketing at Chick-fil-A. He also worked for the Atlanta Braves before that. And uh, one of my favorite facts about Jeff is that he was named by Forbes as one of the top 20 speakers you have to hear, which is really great because if you get the audio book, you can hear him and read his book. Yeah, this is a, I did audio and uh, Kindle on this one, and I, he he's definitely engaging. Um, I got to hear him uh, two years ago at Regroup, and his session, like I think about it almost like on a monthly basis. <laughs> uh, it's just he's an excellent, excellent communicator. No, no, no. Uh, go go figure. Coming out of North Point, that you're an excellent communicator. So oh, he is. He's great, and I just wish I could look as good in a blazer. That man is. He's got the blazer on lock. Yeah. And I feel like one warning that we need to give if you're going to dive into this book, if you haven't read it already, is just make sure you live close to a Chick-fil-A. There's so many Chick-fil-A <laughs> yes. in this book. So don't read it on a Sunday either, um, because he probably talks about them every four to five pages. But I, I, it, every example that he uses is just so good throughout the book. He doesn't use just Chick-fil-A. He uses Home Depot and um, Popeye's. Uh, pretty much all those Atlanta area restaurants. So I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with all the examples he was using. I, I agree because I think it's hard not to put the book down. It's like, man, how do I, you know, there's so many reasons that this book is special. It's like, I can't, I don't want to stop reading it. Um, and one of, the, one of the two reasons I'm really for this book, if I'm allowed to say that, you know, corny again. <laughs> yeah, um, well, Maybe get a like ding noise every time we use the <laughs> word uh, as a pun. I love it. Um, it's it's because it's not just a church book. It's applicable for people all across the board, right? It's 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 a leadership book, and so you can give this to somebody who's not a not a churchgoer or a believer, and it will do so many great things for them, regardless of where they stand in their spiritual walk. And the other thing I love that's so clear is that this book isn't written just for the sake of writing a book or just getting info out there. It's really who Jeff is. Jeff lives this out and it shows through the way that he interacts with other people at Gwinnett as well as personally. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool to have um, some kind of tangible ex, uh, examples that go along with it. So this book is kind of chalked through a lot of uh social media examples to use and, and things like that, which we're not going to dive into much on this podcast. We'll save that for a, a future one, but um, following Jeff on Instagram and the, his church, Gwinnett church on Instagram, you really get to see how they celebrate their community and, and really are, are there for others. Um, that That's really nice. That's not just like, you know, Hey, here's a book, here's an idea and like, go figure it out. This is more like, Hey, here's how others have done it. Uh, which is what, what I really valued. Um, yeah. And then just to, to, you know, what he's trying to communicate here is that, you know, the tension that he's building is that, you know, we live in this hypercritical cynical world, one that, you know, is often known for what we're against. Um, but he's trying to, to create, uh, corporations and businesses and churches that are more known for, what they're for as opposed to what they're against. And um, this book, you know, ha- ends up having a hierarchy inside of it that uh, there's really four fours. Um, when I wrote that out, I realized like, <laughs> oh, like, uh-huh. um, but, but here are the four if, you, if you're taking notes with us. But it's uh, one is uh, for the customer. Second one is for the team. Third one is for the community. And the last one is for you. Um, I think, Matt, I think one thing that would be really helpful to our listeners is if, you know, we help translate these four into how they apply to us inside of groups. Obviously, this book is talking. He, I th- actually think he takes more of a business 
he's talking more to businesses than he is churches. And personally, I kind of appreciate that because I think our businesses fail to to realize how they can learn from the church. Like, I don't think anyone knows community better than uh, churches uh, realize we're the community guys inside of that. So obviously we would expect to say that, but I think that they do have a lot to learn from us. So I appreciated that he, he kind of led with that first. Um, but um, I think one thing that, I had that was challenging with this book is that I, I wanted to to run down the hall as well and give it to all of the other teams yeah. inside of inside of my I, I'm praying that like I can get my staff to get on board with reading this as well but um, it's kind of like when you hear a good sermon and you're like oh man my wife needs to hear this oh but, that's a dangerous you know, thing never goes well <laughs> never goes well so okay so let's let's try to to translate this so matt who do you see as the customer when it comes to groups yeah so when you look at customer that's going to be i think primarily the group member right but i but i think and and we'll talk about this more i'm sure um i think that we could split the load with group leader as well you know because your leaders aren't going to leave for long if you don't treat them well (laughs) yeah i so i you know matt and i were doing this a little bit beforehand and one of the things that we we came across with this is like you know i was just putting together some ideas and i i put the group leaders more in team which it definitely is and and matt was sharing like you know sometimes they're the the customer as well and uh, i think he's he's right and i you know it's interesting we have different sized churches and um i do think that as your church grows that it's probably more likely that your group leader ends up becoming that customer just because you don't have as deep a relationship as you do when when you're smaller with, with those leaders um with that but um yeah, we also put in here uh with a team that the your coaches or your staff uh is as well um and then uh community still community right right yeah yeah, yeah i think it's pretty that and one's self laid uh, out right that and- yeah but I, I do think it's important with that one that community is uh outside of the church mm-hmm. um so, so what's interesting is like when you think of groups at least at, at hoboken grace where i'm at um you know my the people that i'm looking to get into our groups isn't outside the church it's those in the congregation i'm trying to move from congregation into community um so i do think it's important that like when we talk about community here we're we're talking about it at large uh with that so I, that was one of those tensions of like uh, it, there's maybe some gray there as well yeah absolutely um as as to that and the last one is you pretty obvious uh yeah. but I, I love that that was an element no yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> um us as individuals it's just important that uh i i kind of didn't we'll get to it a little bit. i didn't expect that to be a part of this book uh when when, when we read it but yeah, uh, right but anyways so let's go back to customers so we're gonna uh, throughout this podcast we're gonna go to those four areas and so let's start with the for the customer uh, Matt, you know, thinking of our attendee group members as c- customers, is this helpful or hurtful for you? You know, I think I think it's more than helpful. I think it's necessary, really, because we can't ever really assume that it's guaranteed that they'll connect or join into a group at all. And much like any of the other products that they come into contact with, um, they're going to have preconceived notions. So we have to show them why we're different. And that's why just um, we can't just provide a service. But we've got to show them that we're, we're for them, just kind mm-hmm. of like what the whole premise of the book is. And, you know, the reality for me as I think about this is that I'm going to work so much harder if I'm pushing to have raving fans as opposed to just isolating myself to just creating great systems that move people through a process better. Yeah, that is such a great way to put that, like uh, the the motivation of, of raving fans, because like... 
you know, so, I don't know what it's like for you, but I, I've had times in the past where it's like, hey, we expect you to have X number of groups, right? Right. And then right. that that drives you. And then you start, like, there's times where, like, because you're just trying to get to, you know, 50 or 100 or whatever your number is of, of groups you're trying to get to, people can sometimes then turn into a commodity. And I think that's the same trap that like Jeff's trying to help these businesses avoid of like, Hey, you need to think of these as like, be their fans, be for them. Um, and it's going to change your attitude to how it is. I, I love, there's so much of this book too. That's like, stop taking the short term approach mm-hmm. of like, I just got to get the sale right. And go to the long term. What do we want for them in the long term? Because if we can establish that relationship, then they're going to be with us for the long term. And I, I think that same loyalty can be seen inside of our, our, our groups. Um, you know, the, the way that, that Jeff explains it, that makes it helpful for me too, is, um, is because he's so passionate about being for the customer. Um, and you can't be someone without serving them. Um, so I love how he encourages us to become fans instead of, you know, fans of us uh, again. Um, he has this great quote that's in there. It says, winning organizations of tomorrow will be more concerned with becoming fans of their customers instead of convincing customers to become fans of the organization. Um, so, Matt, what are what are some ways that you've considered uh, becoming fans of your group members? Yeah, I think I'm sure we'll broach this more later. But as I, as I think about it, Jeff mentions a couple of times the quote from our teaching pastor, Andy Stanley. And I work at a, a North Point partner, strategic partner church. And um, so Andy's our teaching pastor as well. And we hear this all the time. Uh, but he, he says this, and, it, and it's so good. He says, do for one what you wish you could do for all. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, we, I mean, that gets hammered you into your head. Yeah. So um, do for one what you wish you could do for all. And, uh, and we've, We've tried a few things, but I think the most, the most successful thing that um, I've been able to do is by keeping up with this and with what's going on in my leaders' lives through constant communication, right? So whether it be through, you know, a scheduled one-on-one or through their social media accounts and us being followers of theirs or, you know, friends on Facebook, um, it allows me to check in. And see, you know, man, how are your kids doing? How are they handling the new grade they're in or the driving lessons? Or, um, you know, I saw, hey, they just celebrated the retirement party so I can send something where that might not have come up in normal conversation. And I'm not going to be able to hit everybody's kid coming into the next grade or everybody's retirement party because I might not even know. But, you know, because of the the way that we stay connected through those one-on-ones and through social media, we've been able to really dive in and be engaged in their lives in a way that I think can be missed if it's if it's just a system or a process. Yeah, you know, I think I think an easy way to kind of boil down what you said too uh, that that's super helpful in leading and and loving your your leaders and group members well is, is love the things they love. Right? Um, it's funny how that has made me a fan of way too many sports teams because and some terrible you know, ones at that i'm just gonna yeah. throw that out there <laughs> but it's funny how i'll find myself watching a uh like a georgia bulldogs game They're and terrible. being like you're right i may not be rooting for the bulldogs but i'm rooting for my friend rob who's <laughs> yep. like a good a good dude and it's just like i know if the bulldogs win that rob wins right oh, he'll be and, and, yeah. and being able to be a part of him that that kind of way um or you know it, it, one of the things people love is their family right so when you're able to celebrate their kids birthdays and things like that um you know, one of the great friend of the network, Eddie Mosley, um, he was telling us once about a time where he was on a, a cruise with his, um, his kids and, 
Uh, it happened to be one of their birthdays, the days that they were on the cruise and the cruise like came to their door the morning of brought balloons and celebrated them, gave them sticker, like all this stuff and made them feel good. And, and like, you don't think that that's going to make Eddie like completely loyal to this, um, cruise liner. I remember Eddie was using the story just to teach us as like, my church doesn't even like recognize my kid's birthday (laughs) and I'm going to make sure that never happens again. And so like, uh, wonderful Eddie, Eddie Mosley shout out, probably have one every podcast, but (laughs) this has been your Eddie minute. (laughs) That's Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and one of the other things that, uh, great quotes from this section too, that he spends a lot of time with as well is that, uh, engagement is the new customer service and, and engagement is being proactive. I love that. Like, um, that is the new kind of definition. Um, so, you know, with customer service, usually they're just waiting for things to come. Um, it's interesting. My, my wife has, uh, been on the phone the past two days with customer service for, for something she's dealing with. And it's one of the ones that doesn't do the like, Hey, well, let's just call you back. Oh gosh. That's like the complete opposite of proactive is just like, Hey, can you just sit there and wait for us to get to you? like kind of thing. Um, but when brands engage in meaningful, authentic and personal ways, customers respond. Um, so one last thing I'd love to hit on, uh, that I really enjoyed for the, for the customer section was, um, his chapter called small is new big. I mean, being small groups, guys, who doesn't get jazzed by that. Right. But I think that what really stuck out to me was the warning he gave us on how growth can really disconnect us. Um, so let me read you this quote. It says, uh, one day you have a few customers, then you'll have a few hundred. Um, those personal touches that made such a big difference in the early days become f- few and far between. How can you possibly keep up? At some point, most businesses, leaders give into the reality of growing big. Before you know it, personal touches are replaced with efficiency. We scale the business by putting distance between human beings and the heart of organization is replaced with a machine. Since we can't provide encouraging personal touches for everyone, we stop providing encouraging personal touches for anyone. Is any wonder why so many large organizations drift off? I know, you know, what's this this quote just really like brought things home for me because you know I started attending our church when we were twenty people, and I served on our staff as a volunteer before. Um, uh, bef- sorry, I started serving on staff as a volunteer when. Uh, we more than doubled to 50, right? From 2050. Awesome. Um, and I can relate to this because I remember several years later, just, you know, you, you start reflecting on how easy it was to know everyone. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm personally really good with names and it wasn't only till like a little bit ago that, um, you know, I, I would, kn- I used to know too, who was in what group and all that stuff. Oh, like yeah. just weird strength that i have of like not just knowing the names but then knowing like you're in sarah's group you're in todd's group you're in going through that rolodex uh, yeah but i've had to find new ways to make sure that we're not replacing you know those personal touches uh with efficiencies have you also experienced that oh absolutely you know nick this is one of the things i'm most passionate about um because i think one of the most important jobs that we have is to be the pastor of our people and be the pastor of the people in groups. And it's important to have great systems. Absolutely. Like I'll never knock that. Um, you know, let's work smarter, not harder. Um, however, in a church that gets our size, we, we won't have the chance to really develop relationships with the lead pastor or the teaching pastor. I mean, Andy Stanley's never going to know my name, right? Um, and, the, and the reality is that like our lead pastor might not know a lot of the people in our congregation, but often 
the groups guys, we're the pastors that they connect with the most. And if we're really connecting with people, then we're going to be the first one that knows when there's been a death or a wedding or a care need pops up within the group. And, uh, and, you know, I've seen this play out even more so, I think, in the COVID time. But um, over the last few months, the last couple of months um, or less, really, I've had the opportunity to do FaceTime hospital visits because they don't let anybody in, right? So I'm FaceTiming people in the hospital. Um, I, oh, it was something. Um, I thought I could talk my way in, I'll be real honest, but they <laughs> stood strong. Um, we had a couple, we had a couple funerals that I, I had the opportunity to do. I did a wedding. Um, and these opportunities all have come out because I've connected with these people and because I've strived to help them find the best group fit for them, as well as connect them with people that I know along the way, um, so that they can feel more of a sense of belonging and family within the group. When you go to a church that's so large, you want to feel like people will know you and you're not a number or you're not just the guy in the back row. And I, and I think for us in ministry, vocational ministry, especially we can get so caught up in the meetings and the processes that we miss the people that we're designing all of this for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like the old saying that you can miss the trees for the forest, right? If we keep yeah. the main thing, the main thing, and we do for one, like we were talking about earlier, I think we can create some raving fans, but we have to be really intentional to do for one. Yeah. I, I think what's what's important to remember here, um, yeah, I mean, what we just said just sounds like, man, that's a lot of work on us to be able to pull that off. And like, you know, there's a little bit of like anti-system a bit, but I, I would just more say like the system that you don't want, is it for it to be a hundred percent you like mm-hmm. give other, like the goal needs to be that a hundred percent of the people are cared for. Um, I think, and that, uh, uh, if that's realistic, <laughs> that was a whole nother debate. Right. Um, but, um, you know, find people that you can kind of, if, if you don't have it already, like building, building a staff, um, that, that goes with it. Um, well, yeah, go, go ahead. yeah, no, I just, a thought with that, you know, I think, I think as you look at this as you want to enable your small group leaders to be the point people that really communicate yeah. that back to you, but also, um, you know, you have a team, everybody has a team, whether it's a team of volunteers, yeah. whether it's a team of paid staff, um, but everybody has different gifts and talents and skills. So mm-hmm. leverage that. I know I'm not going to be the best systems guy out there, but my counterpart, JW, that dude is a genius. Um, so I know that he's going to kill it when it comes to that. And so, man, let's leverage each other's strengths. And then we can truly, you know, man, we can do together what we could never do individually. Matt, we would make a good team. I, I'm a, uh, from those who've listened to multiple podcasts with me, I am super structured kind of guy. Um, and, but my, my weaknesses is, is that care side, but I realized like, Hey, we're in the people business. So like it, I remember listening to uh Perry Noble podcast way back in the day. Um, and hit, that one just has stuck with me for so long because like, you know, it, it it's really easy for us like to forget that we're in the people business and that like, it's really easy to look through people or trying to use them and those kind of things. So um, really ties into, to, to this section oh, yeah. really well. He wrote a great um, book too. That whole, you know, most excellent way to lead. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So, Hey, we could probably do a whole podcast <laughs> on justice for the customer uh, section. There's a lot in there about social media that we, we aren't even going to get to. That's extremely valuable. So true. Um, and so if you have any influence with your church in that area, like seriously, pick up this book. Like there's some really, really great stuff there. Okay. So this next section for the team, as we said earlier, for small groups, this would be our team. Um, our leaders, our coaches, our staffs, 
Um, side note, it's never too early to get a staff. I mean, we just kind of talked about that a little bit. So I, you know, I volunteered in my role for three years before I was paid. Um, and I guarantee you there are people in your community who are passionate about getting people into community, pour into them, give them opportunities to contribute and learn. You know, it's weird. Like I kind of unlearned this and had to relearn it. There's something weird about like, once I started getting paid for this role, it was like, (laughs) Oh, you're getting paid to do it. Like someone, no one else can do it. And that's just like a bad approach. Mm -hmm. Like teach other people how to do your role, give them that opportunity. This is uh, really powerful for them. But Matt, what does it mean to be for the team? Wow. No, not just a wide question there, huh? Um, so, <laughs> so Jeff, uh, Jeff actually lists five things. I'm just going to mention two and I'm sure we'll circle back to the, the rest. Um, but there are two that really make me feel like, man, I'm on it and I'm developing a team that really knows I'm for them. You know, one of the first ones that it feels a little bit like a gimme, right? Is believe abundantly. And the other is appreciate consistently. And, yeah. and I've been on teams that are motivated by prove you can or prove me wrong. And they're terrible. Like it was awful. I hated that. Um, that's probably why I didn't continue in sports any further than I did. And Jeff talks about that, (laughs) but, um, you know, when, when I've worked for and with people who have relentless trust and belief in me, I mean, I'm here to tell you, I will overperform every time. And to that effect, that may start the fire in me, but what really fans that flame is consistent appreciation. And Jeff gives this example of handwritten cards, and he's right on the money. I keep those. I value them deeply. I love words of affirmation. Like, that's huge for me. So I've actually got some of those notes in my truck. I've got some in my Bible. I've got some in my desk. They fire me up. And here's the funny thing. Jeff doesn't just talk about it. He does it. I still have one from when he and I worked an event together about a year ago. Uh, and he took time right after that event to handwrite me a card. If I ever wrote you a card, brother, you wouldn't have a clue what I wrote in there. But, <laughs> but you know, and then he sent it to me. And I was like, I was just blown away by the fact that Jeff would take the time to handwrite something and send it to me. And then that yes. sparked me to do that for everybody on our staff. So yeah. I did that for everybody that works for Southside. Yeah, it's... Uh... We have so Matt and I are both in uh, North Point partnership uh, with our, my church as a part of that network as well, um, and so we have a mutual uh, friend who really supports us, and her name's uh, Tracy. Tracy. Tracy sends me like a quarterly uh, 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 handwritten note. And I think I've kept all of them. Like, it just means so much to me. I realize I'm already a words of affirmation kind of guy, but like it, like what did that, I think about like her just taking the time to be able to to think that through and and, and what she says. And it's just so encouraging. Um, You know, I know in our, our small group network, Facebook group, you know, one of the most common, one of the questions that comes up often is like, man, what kind of gift can I get my group leaders? Like, I don't have that much money. Listen, the, the price of a handwritten note is maybe $2 max, right? Maybe oh, gotcha. just stamp, and then like the card and that's probably, you know, now $2. Draw a picture inside of that as well. It adds comical humor and they'll definitely <laughs> no. put it on the fridge. But, um, it's such an easy, great gift to, to do. And, um, it's one of those things I, I found too, like I started doing this like several years ago, but you end up, you start getting better at, how you value and appreciate people inside of there. Uh, And I've learned like never lie on these cards, like (laughs) always tell the truth. Um, But if you do tell the truth, like it is really impactful because I feel like so often like 
I don't think people see their own personal strengths. And so it's just so helpful and valuable to, to call that out inside them uh, with that. So, yeah. So the first two were believe abundantly. And the next one was appreciate consistently that that was the handwritten notes that, that he talked about. Um, the next one like hit me with like a ton of bricks, uh, which is called develop intentionally, uh, which is all about being prepared. And I'll have to say like this, is not like a great area of, of strength for, for me. I am really good in that. I have a structure. I know what I'm going to say. I know what I'm going to do that stuff. But then like when it comes to like the actual thing, like being prepared and ready to go, uh, is, is super important. And he uses this to talk about how, um, we waste a lot of people's time when we're not, when we're not prepared. So uh, and so it's like really being for the team. He has some really great examples in there from, um, this is where he uses the examples from Popeyes um, uh, in specifically when Cheryl Bach elder was an, was a, uh, um, was a CEO there. Uh, fun fact about Cheryl Bach elder. Um, she was a former small group network lobby speaker and spoke on my 30th birthday. And it was a great memorable talk. She is phenomenal. Um, so probably a future uh, reading lens book will do is her book. Uh, um, dare to serve which is fantastic but he uses her to talk about sort of two things which is one like being prepared for your meetings and there's a really powerful example in there about like how she was coming with a powerpoint to her meetings and uh the meeting was about like getting a collective response and her employees her team just being like when you come in with a powerpoint you already know what you want the answers to be and therefore like can you just come with a uh a, a blank paper and, and a pen and we'll, we'll go from there. And uh, just so good. And then the next one was the, the listen actively, um, and how she learned the, one of the best questions. If there's nothing else you get from this podcast, this one little three word phrase will save you is just, Hey, tell me more, which is, you know, it, someone asks a question and, and they tell you a little bit about it. It's just asking them to tell me more and they'll, they'll expand a little bit more on that. And the last one is then, uh, um, live, uh, repeatedly. So in other words, you know, repeat your vision as much as possible. Um, you know, if you, if you, I realize we're kind of fanboys today of North point, but uh, this is probably one of the things that they are extremely good at is that they work really hard on getting these things down to these tiny phrases and then repeat them constantly. So, you know, you've heard us already once say circles are better than rows. I mean, if you go to those campuses, it's insane how much you hear that and know that, but, um, you know, it, it's worth repeating so that, that they get it. So, um, totally cool. Agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Next section is on community. Um, so how can we be for the community? You know, I thought, I thought this was powerful for us as group leaders because, uh, the formula he gives is that we create a sense of belonging before we can get someone to buy something. Um, and what are we doing as group leaders? We are group directors. We are, providing a place for people to belong. Um, and that's where small groups, in my opinion, have a huge opportunity within the church. Uh, when I hear churches that don't have small groups, it's just like, how, how do you belong at this church? How does someone get to be known? Uh, but Matt, how have you connected with your community outside your church? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. Uh, I think a lot of that actually stems from the idea that we can't lead people where we haven't been. And so we've got to be willing to go out and do what we ask them to do and go be a part of the community and invite people into the church. And um, there's two areas that I've really dove into. You know, I have a, I have a heart for law enforcement and um, 
you know, some of my very best friends in the world are law enforcement. And another time I can tell you a long story about how we lost somebody in our church that led to all of this. But, um, so I'm the chaplain for our police department. And so I, you know, I think honestly and often as we work in churches, we can get so stuck within the walls of our church that we forget what it's like to be outside the walls of our church serving and sharing the gospel. And so, um, I serve within our police department, um, which means I ride with officers and I listen to them and talk to them about all the things that they go through or process. Um, I also am there to notify families when someone's passed away and walk them through the process with the officers. Um, so I serve in that way a lot, but it's been really neat because there are guys that might never have stepped foot in the church that mm-hmm. I spent 12 hours in the car with and we break down into the things with their lives and, and then it can lead to a time where they come visit. And some of those guys, it's like, you know, it took a year before one would come visit or, you know, he would maybe come meet at my small group, which is off campus. Um, or, you know, maybe they came just for Easter and we were able to build up to a place where I was even able to baptize one of the lieutenants recently. And I just thought, man, it was so cool to see how God uses all awesome. these things. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> great. Um, I love that. Um, so that's, that's been one way I've been able to stay involved. And then the other, I don't like to work out. Like I don't love to run. I don't love to lift weights. Never saw that and said, that sounds awesome. I want to do more. I didn't expect you to say that. I'm telling you, it's the truth. You celebrate your working out on, on social media. I do quite, now. Quite often. Um, so, right? yeah. so the, <laughs> one of the guys in our LDG, our men's leadership development group, um, talked yeah. me into going rucking with him. And I was like, that sounds rucking. terrible. And uh, he's like, come on, man, it's going to be great. You'll meet guys you've never met before in our, in our community. And I was like, oh, the, the social side of me, who's just like, let's go outweigh the lazy side of me that said, let's eat donuts. And so, um, and so, um, so I went and they, you know, you basically it's derived out of military stuff. And so you have a backpack with X amount of weight in it and you go walk miles or you do some workouts in between, but it's not fast and it's not like stupid workouts. It's kind of like CrossFit, but just with a backpack. Um, I've met a ton of guys in there that, um, that we've traveled places with and uh, have gotten involved in small groups. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, you you know you talking through that and and the ways that uh, you just describe that stuff. You know, we have a motto here at, at Hoboken Grace where I where I lead that um, we don't just live here; we love here, and that's exactly what you're doing. And that's what what Jeff's kind of calling us to is like, you know, be for your community. Like, don't just live where you are; love where you are; love the people that are part of it; get to know them. Um, and so it's really cool the relationship that y- you've gotten to build with that department. And I think it's awesome. Did they come to you asking, or did you ask to be the chaplain? Yeah. So I've served as a chaplain in other agencies before, and then um, okay. and so we we have a couple officers that work at our church on Sunday mornings, and yeah. and I would just always check in on them. Hey, how are you doing? Can I go get you a drink, or can I get you anything to eat? And and finally, one of the lieutenants said, Hey would you be interested in this? You know, unfortunately, yeah. you know, we have a lot of chaplains that are just not able to relate to our officers, you know, um, or are very close to the heels of retirement from, you know, doing anything. And they yeah. just said, man, they just don't, we don't connect well. And we would love a younger guy that could connect and take that mm-hmm. for whatever you want to take it for. Um, but the average age of our police officers is in their, is in their late twenties. And so, um, so I was able to really ride with them and sit with them. And, and it's just been, 
Um, it's yeah. a really cool process. I, I think that's a really cool opportunity that I think is potentially like overlooked is because like, if you ask me like, what are like, what are chaplains? I'd be like, Oh, there's, there's, they're in the army, they're in the military and then they're on sports teams. Right. And only think of it that way. But, uh, and maybe that's just because I'm from like the, the Northeast where like we really try to keep religion away from everything. <laughs> and, um, but like, you know, is it possible in your area? Like, does your local school need a chaplain? Does so that like, you know, when trauma happens at your school, you're, you have, you're someone there that's able to kind of step in and say, Hey, how can I help? Or, um, you know, maybe it's the local hospital or other different places, but like everywhere needs a chaplain. And so like looking for those kind of opportunities to, to love your community. Well, um, and it's got to be what you're passionate about, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I would, yeah. just, I would just echo that with, it's got to be something you're super passionate about because yeah. you're, you're going to be moving out of an overflow of your heart because mm-hmm. you're already working a ton of hours or you're doing other things. You have to balance family and work and then this. So whatever it is, it has to be something that you absolutely love. Yeah. And I, I love, he has this quote here that really kind of like drives it home, but it just says the better, you know, your community or sorry, the better you know the community surrounding your business, church, whatever it may be, the better your business church can serve the community, uh, the surrounding community. So uh, I just, Jeff, sorry, I just really <laughs> messed up your words there. But, uh, 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 you know, I love his heart and focus on on serving others that just continues to come through this book. All right, so this last section is on For You. And I'll be honest, like I shared earlier, uh, <laughs> It, this one threw me for a loop because the rest of the book is focused so much on other people. I didn't expect it to end with us. Um, but uh, Matt, what, is, what does it mean to be for you? Man, again, you keep giving me these why questions. I love it. I love it. Um, well, the, you know, the section talks about how we focus and develop toward our own potential, you mm-hmm. know, because often we look for success, but it's not about just success for su- the sake of success, but it's our own potential. And how we move closer to that. So if we lose sight of our own development, it, it reminds me of the same thing that we often talk about when we think about spiritually pouring into other people. And I alluded to it a minute ago. Um, we can't pour into other people if we have an empty cup. And we're given seven practical ways to, to help you give the best you to the people around you. That's a lot of use. Um, but, uh, but that's the reality, right? So Jeff gives us seven ways. And I wanted to be able to just highlight one and be like, this is it. This is the most influential thing in my life. Um, but that was really hard. So <laughs> let's recap all seven real fast. Yeah. And then, let's, and then I'll, I'll recap. I'll come back to it. Cool. I'll, I'll walk us through the seven. So seven ways to improve you. Um, so number one is move at a sustainable pace. So, um, you know, building in rest into your time and and making sure that you're not always go, 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 but, but really doing that. Um, second one is this concept of think 30. Um, I'm going to skip over that. I'll come back to explain that. That that one really kind of stood out. That makes me nervous. It sounds like whole 30. I'm not trying to live. Oh, that is kind of scary, right? No, sir. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, third one is a great day begins the night before. Um, fourth one is find a mentor, uh, just a quick here, small group network plug. Oh, I've, yeah. found, I've found the best mentors through small group network. Um, there's people that I pretty much talk to on a monthly quarterly basis that really have done a great job pouring into me. Uh, one of the best things about small group network is that in, in those mentors is they understand that group director role really well. Um, and they do a good job at, at letting me know when I need to push forward or when something isn't normal, <laughs> which is right. fantastic. 
but you needed a mentor. Um, fifth one is ask big. Sixth one is find your voice. And the seventh one is be humble or be humbled. Uh, so which stood, out, which stood out to you? And then I'll go after that. All right, Nick. So here's the deal. If you're going to force me into a corner, here's what I think I'd choose. Because <laughs> it's hard. It's so good. Um, but I think for me, it's move at a sustainable pace, right? So having spent a long time in this season of full-time ministry, uh, I've seen a lot of my friends and my mentors either quickly or eventually burn out. And the stats that come with, you know, burnout ministry, you know, washout rates are just astounding. I mean, it's just, it's painful. It's heartbreaking. Um, but it reminds me of such an important quote. And again, I'm going to quote our, our teaching pastor, Andy Stanley. Uh, Don't sacrifice your family on the altar of the church, especially in a time of COVID where I think many of us are, are working remotely or we're split between the home and the office. And it's easy to let work be every hour of the day all the time. And you yep. hear that phone ding or you think I can do one more thing. I don't have to commute or I can do one more thing. It's Dinner's almost ready. And you can make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but you know, and I don't, this, this is controversial. Why not? You got to have one of those every time you get on here or, or people quit listening. So I'm going to, I'm going to crank her up a notch like Tony Satchery. Bam. Here we go. What good is all the work I've done if I lose my family or they lose their love for the church? You know, just think about that, man. I don't, I don't ever want to be in a place. I've seen too many guys that have worked their butts off for the church just to watch their families walk away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about Southside is that even in the interview process, they told me, hey, we want this to be a place where if you have to choose between cheating on your time with the church or cheating on time with your family, you're going to choose the church. And they're getting it right, man. They just, they get it right in that regard. So when Jeff mentions this quarter rest as part of the practical suggestions in this section, he hits it right on the head. Because regardless of, you know, if that's a weekend away at a state park with your family or just getting out by yourself, you know, I think that's what I like about rucking. It's just me and, you know, God and just quiet for a minute and me asking God if he'll take me about mile 10. And he says, no, I don't know why. But it's it's one of those things that it's so vital for me to to find a work rest rhythm that's healthy so that I can avoid burnout. I speaking of coaches, I have a coach. His name is Tim Cooper, and I love Tim. Tim um, Cooper's a great guy. He is uh, dude is so smart. And uh, <laughs> Tim Tim told me this. He said burnout is low grade fight or flight over an extended amount of time. Hmm. And uh, and if we think about that, I mean, just the importance of that. Because I, I don't know many people in ministry who haven't played in that sandbox before, right? Um, so if we can if we can take the time to rest and refill, we're going to avoid this or at least lower the chances of it significantly. And so for me, you know, I think that's that's a passion for my team. You know, you can ask JW as we as we're in this new season of what do we do next? Our church has just announced that we aren't returning to in person services until twenty twenty one. It's like, all right, yeah. how do we hustle to make things? you know, feel good for our attenders and what can we be doing? But as we weigh these things, we want to make sure that we're not killing our team in the process. So how do we yeah. rest and, and work and have a great rhythm? And I think Jeff just nails it when he talks about this. Yeah, that's so good. You know, it's interesting. I, I wanted to jump in there, but you were uh, on such a roll and I loved it. It was so good. Um, but when you were talking about Andy's quote about don't sacrifice your family on the altar of the church and how, you know, we're tempted to do that because we can work all the time at COVID. It's like, it's amazing how you can sacrifice your family on the altar of church while you're working alongside them in the house. Like, yes. <laughs> but I feel like maybe that just makes it worse because they just see like, look, dad's in the building, but he's not actually here. Right. Uh, which I, I think like a lot of us through COVID with kids have really, really felt that one. Oh, yeah. But hey, yeah. The, the, 
so the one that jumped out to me was the Think 30, which we haven't explained yet. Um, and pretty much what this is, is that it's, it's dedicated time to just think. And, um, I know that sounds like a crazy concept, but, um, you know, one of the other books I was reading earlier this year was digital minimalism. I think that has been in three podcasts that I've referred to now of, <laughs> of a book that I have, I've referred to, but he was talking about how, like, we're constantly, we have so much information and it's constantly coming in that we, you know, you're listening to a podcast right now, listening to two other guys' thoughts that, you know, have you had time to just think for yourself? Um, his was that like, you just walk outside and go for walks and don't bring your phone. Um, but I, I like Jeff's think 30 because it has more structure. So it's like 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Um, and so you either take a piece of scripture, you take something you've read, or you just take an idea and for the first 10 minutes, um, you think and you write down uh, any ideas that you have. And then the next 10 minutes, you kind of expand on those ideas. And then the last one, it's like, all right, you edit and figure out like, what are my next steps coming out of it? So something I definitely want to try out and, and practice. Um, you know, we, uh, sometimes I do this, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Lecto Divina, um, where you, you really chew on one verse for a good amount of time, but it's, it's kind of similar concept to that. But, um, yeah, really great book. Uh, Matt, any any final thoughts before we close? Yeah, you know, I think I just encourage people, you know, read this book if you haven't. Or, you know, if you're an Audible fan, listen in because Jeff actually yeah. had some bonus stuff throughout the book. Um, yep. Shout out to JW and his Audible addiction. You know, he uh, <laughs> we I give him a, a grief all the time because I'm like, did you listen to it or did you read it? Um, he just, he devours books. It's, it's amazing. But in all sincerity, I truly believe that this book can help a lot of leaders. You know, so much so that I've given a few copies away with, with notes like Jeff has talked about, letting people know how much I'm for them. And, and I challenge you to do the same. Um, it can open some really cool doors. And I just, man, I love that. I think it'd be really fun. Cool. Matt, where can they find you? Well, I'm not as bold as Jeff. So like if you, if you do read the book at the very end of the yeah. book, he puts his cell phone number in the book, Bob Goff style. And I think that's, I mean, yeah, I saw that I was, bold. he, well, he might actually have your number because of working <laughs> with him. So I'll have to text him and let him know. I, I, I thought when I saw that, I was like, I should text him that we're doing this podcast. Heck yeah. Um, um, that's a so, bold anyway. move, Cotton. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm, not, I'm not that bold. So uh, you're welcome to shoot me, you know, shoot me a, a text or follow me on Instagram at, at the Matt Page. Page like in the book. Don't add that I in there. Um, or mpage at southside.org. And here's the fun part. Let's sweeten the pot a little bit. I'm not going to be giving my phone number around because that's just crazy talk. But... The first person who's not on leadership at SGN, y'all don't count. Get out of here with that mess. Um, (laughs) The first one that messages me, whether it be Instagram or my email, saying that you heard this here on the podcast, I'll send you a Chick-fil-A gift card because Atlanta and a copy of Jeff's book. Man. What see what I mean about this guy just being generous and and a delicious bowl of gumbo? (laughs) Like. This is going to linger for the rest of the day and you're just going to love and just wish that you had an, another bowl of Matt. So, um, awesome. Matt, thank you so much for being here. Uh, again, I'm, I'm Nick Lindsay. I just want to thank you for listening with us. Thanks Matt for sharing your experiences and thoughts. We hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast. Reading lens. will be back next month with another Georgia great Steve Kern from compassion Christian church in Savannah. Uh, go bananas, you know, Savannah bananas. I don't. I'm out. I'm oh, sorry. okay. You might have to listen to the next podcast then. We'll explain what Savannah I'm Bananas so is. so in. The, it's this amazing minor league team that's there that is like the rage. It so reminds me of an episode Savannah from The Bananas. Office. 
Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing the book Extreme Ownership, which I'm sure your rucking guys would love. Uh, which is, uh, I, I, Steve was in the Navy and I said, hey, Steve, can you pick out a Navy book? And this is one he picked out. So I'm really excited. I haven't actually opened it up yet, but uh, I've heard good things. And if Steve's recommending it, it's going to be great. But, uh, you know, as we leave, just remember, leaders are readers. Take care, everyone. See you guys. <laughs>